0: Welcome to Behind the Stigma. This podcast was created to discuss the many popular beliefs and preconceptions surrounding mental disorders and some of its controversies. We will be exploring the question, how much of mental health is rightfully diagnosed or are we simply creating stigmas? Each episode will uncover topics close to my heart with our clinical psychologist as well as our special guest speakers, uncovering some of their research in the field, I hope you find these discussions as valuable and as insightful as I did uncovering them. In this episode, we will talk about seeking validation and the psychology behind the need of acceptance. We'll cover the basis of why validation and acceptance is important for our survival, but also when and why it becomes dysfunctional and can impact our mental health. I'm your host, Sierra Minova, and I'm here with our clinical psychologist, Elena Vasilaki. Welcome back, Alina.
1: Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here again.
0: So in our last episode, we spoke about the inner child and why healing can be the first step to mature from child mode into another or the next mode, such as the adult mode. Today, I want to talk about validation and the strong need of being accepted, whether it's by our friends, family, or society, or even ourselves. Now... I think seeking validation has received a lot of bad reputation probably because of all the self-improvement blogs but let's break this down a little bit is seeking validation actually a bad thing
1: Mhm all right beautiful question i would say why because i think people they go a lot into making really negative thing out of seeking validation it's a totally natural need that we have as humans actually Probably all of you know by now about Maslow's pyramid with the human needs. Mm -hmm. And we have the physiological needs, uh, first of all. Second is safety. And the third one is the connection with others, belonging and feeling loved and appreciated. So it's absolutely and totally a natural need that we all have. And we will all look for that validation to a certain degree. I guess what can go into the pathological side of things is When it becomes dependence, when we cannot live without it, when if we don't have it, if we don't receive it to a certain degree, then our life kind of gets paralyzed, we get stuck, we cannot function without it. Then we can consider it a problem and we can look into it in psychotherapy. But otherwise, seeking validation is absolutely normal and understandable. And I think we all do this.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. We are social creatures at the end of the day. And as you mentioned, based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, self-esteem, love, belonging are all essential components for human motivation, right? Like even with this podcast, for example, I really wanted to get this up and running, but I was feeling super shy and nervous. But receiving validation and positive reinforcement and encouragement from my family, friends, from you to start it up made me feel really good and motivated to move forward. So I definitely agree on that point. But then how can we differentiate when seeking validation is healthy and when it's not?
1: Yeah. So as I was saying, it all has to do with the impact that it has in our daily functioning. So if, for example, the moment I don't receive that validation, I really cannot see myself as a individual, I cannot function, I cannot do my daily things, obviously, then it is a problem. Mm-hmm. It's an obstacle. If, let's say, there's a moment where I receive a negative feedback from outside and that negative feedback affects me to such a degree that it paralyzes me and I cannot move on in my life and I cannot, again, function, then it's a problem. So it all has to do with the impact that it has and the impact and the suffering that comes from it, of course, because this is something very personal. So each of us, we will suffer in a certain degree. So this is the level of suffering. Nobody's there to say, okay, it's still here. It's a very personal experience. Mm -hmm. But each of us, we are to say how much it affects us. If it's affecting your functioning and it has a significant impact in your life, then we can consider it, as you say, toxic.
0: Do you think there is a correlation between the need for acceptance and our self-esteem?
1: There is definitely a connection there. I would say that the self-esteem can have many other sources, or it should have many other sources, not just the mm-hmm. validation that we receive from others. So my self-esteem can be built up on so many different factors in my life. It can right. be built up, yes, on the validation and feedback and love and acceptance that I receive from others, but it can also be based on the skills that I learn, my knowledge, my character My profession, my family, so many other aspects of my life that can be the house of my self esteem. Yeah, so validation from others. What definitely is not okay is for my self esteem to fully depend only on the feedback that I'm receiving from others. Then that's a problem because that's very risky. Yeah, so I will always work with my people in therapy and I would teach them or guide them towards the idea of never losing their center. I always tell them, find your center. And the center needs to always be in yourself, in the things that you really trust and love and like about yourself. And let us focus on those. And that's your center. So whatever is outside your center, okay, if it's good, it's good, it's great. We take it, we embrace it, it adds, Mm -hmm. but we don't depend on what's outside. We don't have to lose our center every time something bad happens outside of us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. In our previous episode about the inner child, you mentioned who we become as an adult is a result of what we experience in childhood. And that's true. As children, we actually do need that validation and encouragement, whether it's to ride a bike or validate a painting that we have drawn or homework we have done. Whatever the action is, it helps us develop to be independent and more confident as adults. But what if we don't get that as a child? Sometimes we may grow up to be fully successful, doing very well as adults. But deep down, we still constantly seek that external comfort.
1: Yes, yes, you're totally right. And actually, as we said previously in our episodes, what happens in childhood and what we have there will influence and dictate basically in our life. So there's a big, big connection actually, mostly the people that have not received this validation or attention or positive feedback during their childhood from main figures of attachment or important people in their life, mostly parents, they will be, I think the best term to use here is starved Mm -hmm. of this validation. Yes. So they will live their whole life on this constant mission to Receive this validation. Sometimes this can go into over pleasing others, being very self sacrificed and just putting the needs of others before their own or just never having enough because they are a little bit trapped. We call them actually life traps. They are trapped in this feeling of, I never receive validation. Yeah, because th- this is the feeling they had during their childhood. And that's the most familiar kind of emotional state they are. So even if, as you say, they're very successful, they're doing very well, they Mm -hmm. have a family, but they're still constantly seeking for this validation from outside. It's literally as if when we are starved, we didn't eat. You just have that tendency to want more, to need more. It's similar to that.
0: And so how do you propose we do that? How do we manage or try not to lose our center and recognize that we seek this validation from others?
1: Well, definitely through therapy. (laughs) Therapy is one process that will help this type of awareness and change. I mean, there can always be a friend or a family member there that can highlight it, but still is the process of therapy that would help you and would guide you towards making this change. Because it's a, as you say, it happens not at a rational level. So you just follow these patterns of behaviors and reactions and emotional reactions. So you're not necessarily, first of all, realize it in the first place. Sometimes people do realize that they are seeking for this validation or they do realize that they're suffering way too much when this validation is not there. Yeah. So mostly they will understand, they have these moments of, wow, what is going on when it's in negative. So when they don't receive that validation or they receive a negative feedback and the suffering that comes with that, Those moments will make them kind of understand, hey, there's something going on here. I'm not reacting as other people do around me. So that's normally when they come to therapy and we start our work from there. So obviously it starts with awareness. I'm aware. I understand where it's coming from, why I'm doing it. So it's not the fact that I'm the only person that has this or way of functioning. And from there, we start making changes slowly, slowly. So if I seek the validation from others, mostly what I'll do is follow a self-sacrifice schema, which means I will tend to neglect my needs, my emotional and physiological needs, sometimes even physiological. So I tend to neglect what I need. And put the needs of others first, yeah. Mostly because I want to secure that validation from others. So I need them to need me. Yeah. (laughs) I need them to appreciate me. I need them to like me, love me, and so on. So I believe somehow, and this is linked to childhood and what happened there. So I believe that if I put you first, I put the other person's needs first, then I will for sure get this validation, which in general is not the case. Most of the time it happens the opposite, that people tend to either abuse you a little bit, abuse this or get used to this type of dynamic, or they actually tend to appreciate you less and see you as a person without strength or vulnerable or just take advantage on that. Not necessarily that they will do it on purpose, but automatically, if you are a giver, Mm -hmm. it's what we call you are a giver when you put others first, you will mostly attract takers. They're not doing anything wrong, by the way. It's just that they are used to put their own needs first, which somehow is the right thing to do. There's no right and wrong, but it's about the, again, we go back to how much a person suffers. So that's one thing, the self-sacrifice schema, and then overdoing things again for others. So people that seek validation, and they desperately need this validation, they will overdo things. So there are these people that will overwork and overdo things. So it's mostly in the behavior where you identify it. But again, why is this happening? Is because their self-concept, and this goes back to my work with them on creating that center, but their self-concept is dependent on the validation or the feedback that comes from outside. So I am okay if... I am loved by this, this, this. I am okay if I am accepted by my friends. I am okay as a person if I am needed at work and so on. So the self-concept incorrectly depends very much on the outside, right? Yeah. The validation from outside. So we need to change that because the self-concept needs to be I'm okay just because I am, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's so beautiful. I'm okay simply because I am. At the end of the day, I think this really roots back to our self-esteem. Those of us with low self-esteem who have trouble esteeming ourselves seem to seek more validations from others. But over time, as we mature and maybe leave our family dynamics and their belief systems behind to create our own, we move towards a more validating environment for ourselves, finding friends and creating experiences which help us reach self-actualization and self-love. Do you feel self-love is a part of it? Yeah.
1: I know it's a big word. (laughs) Most of my people in therapy, they say, loving myself, what is that? It's like a cliche (laughs) thing. But yes, we need to accept and love ourselves always just to allow ourselves to be, just to be, right? And not having to seek that safety in, I am okay if. There's no if, I am okay Mm -hmm. if. There's no if. You are okay just because you are. And that's where people have
0: to be. And that's where I like to take people through my work with them. you okay just because you are. I think reaching this self-actualization isn't that you have to be some guru on a mountaintop, not needing anyone but yourself, or being in total isolation to reach self-fulfillment. No, that's not the point. And we need to be okay with getting some validation, but not at the expense of losing ourselves, but maybe working on ourselves by self-acceptance?
1: Self-acceptance. I think one component that I work a lot, sometimes even from my first sessions with the person, self-compassionate and learning how to live without guilt. So there's so many people out there that are so used to live with guilt every second of their life, every yeah. day of their life, they swim in a pool of guilt that sometimes it's just coming from their own mind in a critic that we were talking about the other day. So I really, really guide them towards a place where they start living life without this guilt and self-blame and constant anxiety coming from that, because that's a huge source of anxiety. So yeah, I think self-acceptance comes with just Don't be okay with who
0: you are. Yeah, and be
1: okay even with mistakes that you will make anyway. We all do them. (laughs) Just be okay. And a lot of people that come with regrets, they look back and they really have these regrets and guilt because of things that happened in their past. And I always tell them look back and respect your decisions in your past because in that moment, it's not fair for you to criticize yourself or judge yourself in the past in complete different circumstances of your life, where you were a complete different person because in each moment of our life, something has changed. Our brain literally has changed based on the experience that we had. So you cannot judge your actions from the past based on the current Mm -hmm. situation where you are. Just accept what happened. Just respect. So look back and say, if I took that decision in the past, although right now it feels like it was completely wrong wrong or completely crazy or completely embarrassing, whatever, just give yourself that space of... It's okay. I took that decision in the past because it felt right in that moment or because something made me take that decision in the past. By saying this, I'm not encouraging people to do wrong things. Don't get me Yeah. I'm not saying that, but just to learn how to forgive themselves no matter what. It's important skills, super important skill to have. And something else that I also work a lot in sessions that goes in the same direction of self-acceptance and love is learning how to give themselves rights. Yes. A lot of people that, especially the ones that are self-sacrificed and very focused on the external validation, setting boundaries and giving themselves rights, I always tell them it's your right and responsibility to look for your happiness or to do the things that you know, you feel you need, right? So we learn how to give ourselves rights. There are many other aspects that we work on that go into the same category of self-acceptance and self-love. What I know for sure that with all the things that happen in therapy, all my people, they will feel empowered at one point. So that empowering and centering, it's an amazing change that happens.
0: That was so rightfully and beautifully said, giving ourselves rights, living without guilt, and setting boundaries are three very important components that we need to induce into our everyday life. And of course, this is with the obvious assumption that these three don't reach a point where you're doing anyone harm or you're causing someone pain. But this was definitely something I carried with me before, the inability to say no, or to live with serious guilt towards certain things in my life, which I shouldn't really had any guilt over, really. And it took me much later to realize that you have to accept yourself, you have to love yourself enough to say no, when you know it will cause you mental or physical exhaustion, or when it's just something that you don't want to do. I mean, of course, you always have to try and do better and be better, but not at the expense of yourself or your own health. And in a way that does link back to seeking validation, because if you are grounded in who you are and follow these components, then you kind of naturally stop seeking that validation from others.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that. And even very interesting fact is a lot of people, they don't even know that life can exist without these feelings of guilt. They're so used to live with this constant self-blame and guilt and telling themselves off for everything yeah. that in a critic is so strong in their mind. They don't know that sometimes I tell them, by the way, you can live life without guilt and they open their eyes Surprise. and they, yes. yeah. they look at me. Really? And I tell them, Yes, you can live life, achieve the same things, do the same things without the feeling of guilt yes. being in your life. And they're very surprised.
0: I agree. That's a very powerful point and knowledge to carry with yourself. One of my favorite physicians, actually, his work is incredible on childhood trauma and addictions, Gabor Mate. He speaks about how guilt actually transforms into bodily diseases. So our guilt that we carry with ourselves is so severe that they can actually become physical, pathological diseases. And, you know, when you read about his cases of people who do suffer from a lot of diseases, chronic illnesses, there's a lot of things that they suppressed within or carried a lot of guilt within. So yeah, thank you for bringing up this point because I think it's a very important one.
1: Yeah, and actually, uh, Gabor Mate, he's uh, an amazing author and amazing. Amazing, uh, Yeah, he has a great point there. And yeah, more and more, luckily, psychology goes into this direction of yes. understanding the connection between feelings, emotions, and physical, serious physical illnesses And diseases. And he's highlighting this amazingly well.
0: Alina, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. It's been so, so great.
1: Yes, thank you so much. It's my pleasure to share my knowledge.
0: Thank you so much for everyone for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do subscribe and support us on Instagram at Behind the Stigma podcast if you enjoyed. We're also always happy for feedback on the content as well. Thank you again, and we'll catch you next time.